life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brutal. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Dr. Christy Sutton, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Thank you. So we're going to talk about genetic landmines and a whole bunch of fun stuff that our audience is going to be in throes about. But before we get into that, maybe you could give us a little bit of your backstory, your origin story and how you got here. Okay. So I got here really just trying to preserve my health and the health of my loved ones, my husband, especially. So I've had my own personal struggles with celiac disease, Crohn's, and my I've learned a lot from that. And then um, in about 2016, I started writing this book about genes. And in that book, I realized that my husband had a hemochromatosis gene, which makes you absorb more iron. But I also, from just looking at labs that he had ordered from his doctor, um, that his doctor had ordered for him, I realized that he had a problem with iron, although his doctor that ordered the labs was not mentioning that to him. Which Which happens a lot. Yes. It's More. it's like you, you order a tiny amount of labs that almost tell you nothing. And then mm-hmm. when you get really high iron, they somehow miss it. It's like, right. It's like the weatherman who's got a tornado or a hurricane coming and is like, looks like everything's fine. Yeah. Well, it's 75 yeah. and sunny. Exactly. Like we're not going to order very much. We're not going to dig very deep. And then whenever we do find a problem, we're just going to you know, write it off and dismiss it. And that's what was happening with my husband. And then we went, um, eventually, you know, my husband got less complacent. He wasn't feeling great. Um, he was tired. And so eventually, um, and he was having some digestive issues. And so we went to the gastroenterologist and I presented to the gastroenterologist at this point in time, I had been ordering additional labs on my husband, much more so than what his primary care doctor had been ordering, because I just felt like um, my husband was slipping through the cracks and I just couldn't stand by and watch what, it. What, just... what were you ordering that they weren't? What were you like? No, we need this. Well, for one, I was ordering a full iron panel, not just a ferritin and a CBC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was also ordering DHEA. What, what, what does that what does that entail? So it's like iron, iron saturation, ferritin. What else? TIBC and UIBC, and then some people would include transferrin, although you don't absolutely need that to really diagnose hemochromatosis. But mm-hmm. the iron saturation, ferritin, serum iron, um, TIBC and UIBC is what is really a full iron panel. And then if you add the CBC on top of that, then that'll look at red blood cells, hemoglobin, and hematocrit. And so my husband was having issues with high red blood cells periodically, high hemoglobin and hematocrit periodically. He was having issues with um, high liver enzymes. Um, He was having, which high iron destroys the liver. He was um, having low testosterone, which high iron destroys the gonads, which can cause uh, low testosterone and infertility and all sorts of issues. Um, And then he was having high DHEAS, which is um, an adrenal hormone which goes up when you're stressed out often. And then it would sometimes go up and then go back down and then 
He would also have sometimes high cortisol, which would sometimes go up and then go back down. He had high homocysteine, um, which is a result of his having an MTHFR gene, which you know we don't have to talk about today, but that was something I was ordering. Our, our, our audience is pretty familiar. So it, basically like MTHFR, you don't metabolize folate well, you need a bioactive folate and a lot of bioactive B vitamins in order to detoxify, metabolize neurochemicals and neurotransmitters and and, and that sort of thing. And sometimes it relates to inflammation in the body as well. But um, I guess my question is too, uh, so this is around 2016, you had mentioned offline before we started recording. And did, how old was your husband at that time? Oh gosh, now you're gonna make me do math. Um, so let's see. You can see. just ballpark. About 35. Okay, so he's about 35. Had he had high iron issues before? Or do we not know? Well, we didn't know because um, I discovered this shortly after getting married to my husband because I hadn't been looking at his blood work because, you Mm -hmm. know, I was busy with my own life and, you know, I hadn't done a full genetic blood work panel on him. So I didn't know. I don't know what he Mm -hmm. was dealing with. And unfortunately, I wish we had gone back and gotten all of his records at his primary care doctor and seen how long it had been looked over and missed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know yeah. for a fact, you know, he had had health problems for a while before that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting to know. Yeah. that's yeah. Cause I'm trying to figure out like for people that might be in the same category with, you know, well, I can tell you that hemochromatosis that the, gene and all that too. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you that the majority, so only about 10 to 20% of people with hemochromatosis get diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Um, And most people that do get diagnosed, it takes on average almost 10 years. So it's poorly diagnosed. It's a tremendous amount of oxidative damage. And and it's very common, um, unfortunately. And a, a big reason that it is so common is because Um, Well, there's a lot of reasons, but one reason is because 30% of the population has a hemochromatosis gene that causes them to have a high iron absorption. Way more men than women, right? Well, the gene is not more men than women. The gene is just- Menstruate. Yeah, exactly. So women are less likely to be high on iron when they're menstruating and childbearing because you lose a lot of iron during that time. Although I have seen women I've, with high iron um, of childbearing years, I diagnosed a five-year-old girl with hereditary hemochromatosis that was destroying her brain. Um, and that was a really sad story because her mother had to basically become the care provider because her pediatrician said, yes, that's what you have, but we're not going to deal with it. So we were going to refer you to the pediatric hemat- hematologist. And then the pediatric hematologist um refused to care for it. And so the, so, so the treatment had, for hemochromatosis is not just bloodletting. Well, that's, that's a big part of it. That's the primary tool that medical yeah, doctors that's have. I, that's all I've used. Right. There's other options and, and the as well. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so there's other options as well. For example, um, of course, while there's a gene that can increase hemochromatosis, you don't have to have the gene. So a lot of it comes down to environmental factors, such as how much iron are you eating? And then what I've experimented around a lot, um, experimented with a lot as far as the hemochromatosis subject is using specific nutrients and supplements to kind of lower the iron. And that 
also has a lot of value as well. Like vitamin C? Well, no, vitamin C increases. Oh, iron. yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Total opposite. <laughs> yeah. So, but but there's a lot of people that are iron deficient anemic too, and that's a good thing to know. Yeah, it's both of those polar, those, those, those ends of the poles where the people that are more on the anemic side need more vitamin C and the people that are more um, so what do you do to if, if someone is dealing with iron overload and hemochromatosis? You got to do the bloodletting. What else? Um, well, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the environmental factors in a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, you really need, it, it's not the same for everybody. You really need like a good clinician to work with because you can there's have, not, there's not enough of them though. Well, I'm trying to change that with the iron curse. So yeah. between the workshop and the book, I'm really trying to change that. And I think I am slowly, very slowly moving the needle on that. But um, you can have too much iron and have still anemia, which like if you don't have enough healthy red blood cells, mm -hmm. then you're anemic. So iron deficient anemia is one of many types of anemia, but you can have high iron and have low red blood cells, which is called mm -hmm. iron loading anemia. And then you can't donate blood or have blood removed therapeutically because then you will become even more anemic because you'll lose those red blood cells in addition to losing the iron. Have and these so, things been around for more than like 10 or 20 years? I'm sorry, what things? Like we're we're talking like all these different variations of essentially iron dysregulation. Oh yeah, no, these have been around forever. The iron issues have had a long history. Anemia um, for sure, hemochromatosis for sure. There's just mm -hmm. we're not talking about so many different derivations within those two, right? No, yeah, there's there've been very there've been very lots of for a long time like you can have anemia of inflammation where you have a high ferritin with low iron but the ferritin gets high because you're inflamed you can have hemolytic anemia which can cause you to have low red blood cells but have high iron because the do red we, blood do we cells know what causes breaking. each of these i mean this is fascinating yeah. I, i've, I've yeah. got okay so like let's, can we take them one by one yeah and break sure. them down so like the, the mm -hmm. first one that you mentioned like high ferritin. Anemia of inflammation? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to like get super technical and then I'm going to explain, I, I, I'm like gonna this explain is, this it. This is interesting to me and I think our yeah. listeners will like it. Okay. We need to know so this stuff. So technically what causes anemia of inflammation is high hepcidin. And hepcidin is a very important thing to know and understand if you want to understand iron because what hepcidin does is the liver makes hepcidin whenever... Um, it wants to slow down iron absorption. Okay. And so whenever you're inflamed, either from an infection, usually it's an infection. The like immune Lyme system... disease or Bartonella or something like that, or hepatitis. Well, yes, yeah, certainly hepatitis. Lyme disease is a, the anomaly because Borrelia doesn't use iron to thrive. It uses manganese. So, mm. but the body doesn't know that almost every infection uses iron to thrive. Mm -hmm. um, and so the immune almost system- Almost like a source of food. It's like a fertilizer. Yeah. yeah. They need it and they get it from us. And so the immune system knows that and it has developed this tool to stop iron absorption so that it can lower iron absorption and allow the body to get a handle on that infection and get the infection to go away. 
starve the infection, essentially. Starve the infection and let the infection die, hopefully, before the human dies. And the way (laughs) you're going to be tired, but hopefully the infection will die before you do. You're going to feel like (laughs) crap, but this is for a good cause. You might be horizontal for a while. (laughs) So the liver, the immune system tells the liver to make hepcidin. And then that hepcidin is like the brakes on iron absorption. And what it does, what hepcidin does is it decreases iron absorption, but it causes the ferritin to go up because Mm -hmm. it causes the iron to not be able to get out of the cells of the liver and the intestines and the macrophages. Okay. which are a part of the immune system. And so the extra iron in your intestinal lining, that just eventually gets sloths off in your poop. But if you have high iron in your intestines for a long time, that creates a lot of inflammation. And that's why a lot of people with these type of iron issues often have uh, digestive issues. Um, high ferritin being stored, iron being stored as ferritin in your macrophages creates a lot of inflammation with the immune, within the immune system, which can lead to, uh, you know, histamine, mast cell, allergies, autoimmune issues. All of these things are things that we see more in people that have um, issues with high iron and or um, anemia of inflammation. Okay, I'm, lo- and, I'm loving this. It's blowing my mind right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to break it down to, I think, this is exactly where this podcast needed to go, but I want to I want to take it step by step. So this is you're you're just talking about that first phase of dysregulation. This is anemia of inflammation. I'm still talking about anemia of inflammation. Okay. So on anemia of inflammation, which is its own separate type of anemia. So I talk about all the different types of anemia and the iron curse because anemia is important and not just hemochromatosis, but uh, anemia of inflammation on blood work is high ferritin with a low iron. So the body is storing the iron and causing high ferritin, but it's also that ferritin goes high because it's an inflammatory marker. Mm-hmm. And so ferritin goes high, not just because iron is high, but can also go high just from inflammation. Mm-hmm. And par- But part of what makes it go high is the body is storing all of the iron as ferritin. And it's doing that because the hepcidin is high. Mm. Okay. So that's anemia of inflammation. Now, I mean, this people... is very important. So if someone just sees, if someone just looks at their blood lab and sees high ferritin, high ferritin is bad. I need to donate blood. They could right, be missing that's... a tremendous amount of this symphony taking place underneath. And perhaps Make that symphony worse. includes self-preservation. They could be making themselves worse. That's why I hesitate. You know, I don't think that everybody should just go donate blood willy-nilly for a lot of reasons. But, you know, donating blood, having blood removed therapeutically, this is a medical procedure. And in Mm -hmm. my opinion, everybody needs to have a full iron panel CBC good clinician to tell them if this is a good idea or not. Mm -hmm. And so if you have anemia of inflammation or if you have iron loading anemia where you have you know high iron but low red blood cells, or if you have any type of anemia, then removing blood is a bad thing. Unfortunately, if you go and try to donate blood, then what happens is all they really check is they check your lipids and a CBC and they want to see what your hemoglobin is. Because if your hemoglobin is you know below 12, basically, then they're going to say, no, you can't donate blood but they're not looking at everything else. So they could be, or they also want to look at 
your red blood cells, but it's really the hemoglobin that's the decision maker. So if your hemoglobin's low, they're not going to let you, but you could still be a poor candidate for donating Hemoglobin being like, they see that as this is your body's ability to carry oxygen. Right, exactly. They don't want to cause a problem, but so they're looking to make sure that they're not going to cause a problem, Mm -hmm. but they're not really looking like you would hope they're looking. And so I think people, you know, they need to be, while donating blood, removing blood therapeutically is a powerful, wonderful tool. It's not for everybody. And people with really high iron, like some of these hemochromatosis patients, they have so much blood removed so quickly that it causes them to be anemic because they get low in red blood cells. And unfortunately, their doctors, for the most part, are not aware of all these other nutritional supplements and stuff you can do to lower iron. And so they just say, well, we can't remove blood. So we'll just have to wait until we can remove blood again, because that's like the one trick pony that they have. When in fact, if they added all these other things, then they could potentially get the iron lower faster. So what would you do in that situation? Well, um, I have a whole five-step protocol, but what I would do in addition to, you know, You've got doctors all over the world listening to this, like what should I do in that situation differently? So specifically to the situation of somebody with high iron and they can't get their iron down fast enough because they can't remove blood because they're now low red blood cells, hemoglobin. For those people that in, in addition to... A, those people need to be careful about the amount of iron they're eating, you know, not taking vitamin C. Yeah. Red meat is very high in absorbable heme iron. So um, while I think that once you get somebody into a healthy managed range, they can still eat red meat and be fine if you just have to be smart about it. But if you're really trying to get iron down, eating red meat's not going to help because it's very high in highly absorbable iron. Okay. So, but what a lot of people want to know and what I devote a fair chunk of my education to is what and how to use nutrition smartly to lower iron. And so what I would look at considering for those type of people is curcumin can bind to iron and lower iron. Um, and so it chelates out the iron, but it's also anti-inflammatory and it's good for the liver and it's good for healing up a lot of inflammation in the body and getting the iron out of the tissues. Um, in addition to being anti-cancer and just Just a lot of taking curcumin or is this a specific type of curcumin? Well, I would say curcumin period, just make sure you're getting a high quality curcumin. So, I mean, I, I give people one that I know and trust. Um, I wouldn't just go get anything, but really it's important to not take just high doses of turmeric because turmeric, while curcumin is an extract from turmeric, mm-hmm. curcumin does not have the oxalates in it that turmeric has. And it's much stronger at chelating iron and it's a higher antioxidant as far as it's just, it gives you all of the good stuff with no no bad side effects. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people like to take curcumin with black pepper. I don't tend to give it to people that way because a lot of people end up reacting to black pepper. I'm undecided on black pepper. It seems decreasingly exciting. Yeah. I, while black pepper combined with curcumin makes the curcumin work better, I don't give it, I just give curcumin and I get really good results. And I do Mm -hmm. that because I deal with people with so many immune issues that 
I just don't want to tempt fate with the black pepper piece. And so do you do you like the liposomal curcumins like from Seeking Health and that sort of thing? Or no, the there... one that I use is uh, Epigenozyme Inflam Redux Tumero. And that's um, just a really strong curcuminoid complex. And I've tried other ones and that's the one that I like the most. Now, are there other ones that are good? Yes. Um, is probably any curcumin better than no curcumin? Maybe. I don't know. There's probably some really bad ones out there. Be careful. But uh, <laughs> gotten weird on Amazon. <laughs> don't order yeah. on Amazon just, because you, you don't know what you jump on Amazon and look at reviews, uh, you might be getting weeded out from the gene pool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This might be a Darwin Award thing. <laughs> this might be a Darwin Award thing, yeah. Um, so curcumin is one. Another one is silymarin because silymarin mm -hmm. also chelates iron. Um, I didn't yes. know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Silymarin is um, wonderful because it not only chelates iron, but it also is really good for the liver. Silymarin being an extract from... Um, milk thistle. And so it chelates iron, but it also helps to heal up the liver. I don't think it chelates iron as well as curcumin, but it is another tool in the tool bag. So I have a number of different iron chelators in there in those protocols. And then in addition to that, there's a number of different things that actually increase hepcidin. So remember how we talked about how hepcidin, when you have high hepcidin, you decrease iron absorption. Mm -hmm. Okay. So People that have the hemochromatosis gene, they don't make enough hepcidin. Mm. And so those people, the reason that they get so high is because they genetically don't make as much hepcidin and then they just can't put the brakes on the iron absorption. I'm blown away. Like I've never even heard of a hepcidin blood test. Have it's, you? That's, it's because it's not available. It's not available. So how it's do available we know for researchers. How do we know it, these people don't make enough hepcidin? Like because it's available for researchers. For like it's just this not available. Tiny amount of people that are doing research in this? No, there's I, a lot I'm, of people doing research on this, but unfortunately, there are certain biomarkers that are clinically important that are only available at research level. This is um, very clinically important. And I would love to be able to yes, participate think, in this. <laughs> I think that in the future, there will be a hepcidin test. I'm hoping yeah. that um, if I get that word out there enough, people will start yeah. asking for it. But it ultimately comes down to a dollars game. And clearly that test is too expensive. I don't know what the exact cost would be, but like mm -hmm. I can't order it anywhere. Yeah. Even, you know, specialty there's, there's labs. A number there's a number of, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but yeah there's, yeah, there's a number of things that I think are very relevant, very clinically significant that if I want to get that test for a client, I can't. Yeah. And it's uh, atrazine, for example, changes the genes of the changes, the sex of frogs. Oh my gosh. It's in our water. It's, it's in the tap water. It's in the groundwater. That's what RFK Jr. was talking about. Yeah, it's been talked about for a long time. And it's 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 one of the most prominent toxins in it's a it's a pesticide. Yeah. And you okay. can't test for it. I can't test substances because for it. Probably everybody has it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I mean, we get into I, I love conspiracies. That's part of like, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I'm just I'm a comedian. You know what I mean? I come <laughs> on here and I entertain people and I talk about fun topics. Um, and so for that reason, it's interesting to me that, yeah, you can't test tap water for it. I can't test my clients for it. And 
we've got a whole bunch of people that think they're trans. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and I, I talk about that and I want to talk about that for a second, but I, I write about this and the Iron Curse, not about atrazine and what you just said, but that concept of like, we live in a world that is toxic mm -hmm. and we know that these toxins are ubiquitous and we know that the, they cause health problems. Mm -hmm. But if you go to the doctor and you say, I'm concerned that I have a problem because of BPA or mold toxicity or atrazine, then mm -hmm. first of all, and you say, what can I, how can I find out if I have this problem? And can you help me to avoid it and get better? They don't have the tools in their toolbox. They're not taught those. They're not available. And the reason I believe they're not available is because if they were available, then people would wake up and they would say, holy crap, I'm talking. high in BPA. I'm high in glyphosate because you can test for BPA and glyphosate. Insurance yep. won't cover it, but you can. Now, every single test I've ever seen on somebody for these toxins, they're high in BPA and glyphosate. It's ubiquitous. Usually it's ubiquitous. Well, so glyphosate is sometimes BPA is usually not down in here in Texas where we eat corn at every meal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're eating GMOs and 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 corn that isn't organic and all that, yeah, for sure. Anything that's that's from Roundup and Monsanto and all that, but um, yeah, it's it, it it's wild and. I'm actually like, I'm enjoying us having conversations like this that are fun and helping other people to be like, oh, all right, I'll pay attention to that. I've been eating a whole bunch of corn and I don't know if it's organic or not. And 90% plus of the corn in the world is GMO, which means it's been sprayed with Roundup, which is glyphosate. And that's not good for me. You know, we're in a class action lawsuit right now with Paraquat, which was the glyphosate from 1960 to the early 2000s before, you know, quote unquote, they did what they always do, which is pivot to something else, change the name mm -hmm. and make it difficult for you to latch on and be like, hey, this is a problem. You know, if they pivot every 20 or 30 years. So Paraquat was the... Very similar to glyphosate. It was used in landscaping and everything like that. And, and now is associated with Parkinson's and neurodegenerative diseases like yes. Alzheimer's and all of that. So we're yeah. now in a class action lawsuit. And I mean, my dad's fucked. Right. We're, we're excited that he's still alive. He just had his birthday yesterday. I asked him at the breakfast table how old he was. He was 15. Oh, that's sad. You know what I yeah. mean? And I'm not trying to bum people out. I'm just saying like, I also think that there is power in us building a better map of the world, knowing mm -hmm. what is poisoning us and our loved ones. And then also saying, we're going to take steps to say, this is not okay. You know, it's right. not from a place of anger. It's from a place of we're on to you. This is not okay. Right. Right. It's, it's going to take a lot of time and getting the right. It might people be a few to... generations. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an uphill battle, but, yeah. but, what I what I like about the iron thing, what I like about the iron thing is that um, iron, the iron issues, high iron issues, low iron issues. This is a topic that the medical profession has accepted as a reality. They just need to do better at diagnosing and treating it. 
So, and it's a powerful topic. For example, high iron has been known to cause Parkinson's disease because iron likes to deposit into the tissues and then it likes to stay in those tissues and create massive amounts of oxidative stress and damage and inflammation. And first it likes to go to the liver and cause liver inflammation, fatty liver, liver cancer. And then it, and it eventually it spills over and it'll go into cause heart problems. It'll go into the brain. It'll cause Parkinson's, Alzheimer's disease, bipolar, schizophrenia, um, depression. It will cause, it'll well, go let's, in. Let's connect some dots here. Cause you were talking about like these different, these, these, these different types. You were talking about high ferritin anemia. iron. I was right? talking about anemias. Yeah. So yeah. we talked about anemia of inflammation and we talked right. about how hepcidin, high hepcidin causes high anemia of inflammation. People who have hemochromatosis gene, they don't make enough hepcidin, which is going to cause them to absorb more iron and become high in iron. Mm -hmm. There's an, other types of anemia, like there's anemia from a hemolytic anemia. So hemolytic anemia can be caused by multiple different things. Um, this is heavy for me. It's got to be heavy for our listeners, but I'm enjoying it. Please keep going. Like I want yeah. you to break these down because I think it's important and relevant. Yeah. Okay. So hemolytic anemia is where the red blood cells, they basically, they get, they, they break, they he hemolyze and they break and then they don't live long enough. Like red blood cells are supposed to live about 90 days and they don't live long enough, but in the process of lysing and breaking, they release a lot of iron into mm. the blood. And so- What would cause that? Hemolytic anemia. Yeah. Hemolytic anemia is often often an autoimmune disease. It can be triggered, it's been shown to be triggered by viruses, vaccines, multiple different things. It's often an autoimmune vaccines disease. Vaccines I buy for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's in the research. I have it all yeah. cited in my book. So, yeah. okay. And, and name your book and where people can the, get it. The Iron Curse, The Iron Curse. The you Iron can get Curse. it either at Amazon. On, it's available at Amazon and or uh, then I have the Iron Curse workshop at ironcurse.com, awesome. which is like me talking about all this stuff for six or seven hours. So if you guys um, are enjoying this and and this is relevant in any way, and I promise you if if there are men in your life that are dealing with health issues, there is a possibility they're dealing with iron overload and hemochromatosis. Mm -hmm. And every client that I've had that has had hemochromatosis, his doctor has overlooked it. Yes. Uh, so you can, you can also get hemolytic anemia from like genetic issues like thalassemia or sickle cell anemia because basically the red blood cells are not the right shape. And so they get stuck going through the capillaries and they lice mm -hmm. and then you get hemolytic anemia. So there's lots of different causes. I go through all of them in the book. But what that causes is that causes low red blood cells high iron and then these people they cannot go donate blood or have blood removed because they have low, low red blood cells they'll just get sicker and sicker and sicker they'll get like anemic so they have to do chelation and unfortunately medical doctors give them these pharmaceutical chelators that have all these side effects when they could be giving them like all of the supplements that i go through in the iron curse to chelate and lower iron so how do you feel about okay um etda dmsa things like that are those okay or do you feel like those are dangerous as I don't chelators? know that I so I don't know that those are iron chelators. No, they're usually I, used for heavy metals. Yeah, what, yeah. What, those, so what 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 are you what are you using for I for the, are you talking what do I use for iron or for like mercury? 
well, iron chelators. So, so are you talking so, about what we talked about earlier? Yeah, like so the, the iron chelators, curcumin, silymarin, alpha-lipoic acid. These are natural okay. things, but they actually work to lower iron. You just have to use them in a high dose. I just okay. haven't heard the, use, the, the word chelator used for iron before. Right. Yeah. So but that makes sense. It's a, it's a thing. It's a, it's yeah, a real it's a thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, EDTA will chelate out mercury, mercury yep. or, you know, even glutathione will chelate out mercury. It's my understanding, but I could be wrong about that. So um, basically, so there's hemolytic anemia. Um, there's anemias of low vitamins. Like if you don't have enough B vitamins, B12, B6, B9, that can cause the red blood cells to be too big because you need those B vitamins to make the red blood cells smaller. And if you have low B vitamins or if you drink too much alcohol, mm -hmm. then your red blood cells are going to be too big. And then as they go through the capillaries, again, they're going to break and then they're going to lice. And so then that will cause low red blood cells. And in some cases, even high iron, iron loading anemia. Would that show um, up on a blood test as like high, um, high MCV? Mean MCV. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So like a high MCV, it can be from the low B vitamins or it can be from alcohol abuse is like the number one thing. If somebody's taking B vitamins and they still have a high MCV, then I bet you if they stop drinking alcohol, the MCV will go down nine times out of 10. Interesting. So if yeah. someone if someone has high MCV and they don't drink at all, you're like, they're deficient in B vitamins. That would be the number one guess. <laughs> and if they're taking B vitamins, do you then they may not be absorbing they, them. They, they might so have gut issues. B, B12 is the number one. So most B vitamins are absorbable easier than B12. B12 is very hard to absorb. I inject B12 every day and most of my clients do too. Yeah. I mean, I need to go get a B12 injection right now. I have Crohn's and the last foot of my small intestine is gone. And from yeah, Crohn's... Just, yeah, just order, order it online. Oh yeah, no, it's yourself. just a matter of me doing it. It's just one more thing for me to do. Yeah. But um, the B12 is absorbed in the last foot of your small intestine, mm -hmm. but you need a healthy intestine, you need a healthy stomach to be able to absorb B12 because the B12, the B12 has to bind to intrinsic factor. Is that your B12 shots? This is what I'm going to take today. Yeah. No, please keep going. I was just, I was just showing you. <laughs> okay. And like when we released the video, but I've, I'm going to take uh, at least, you know, seven grams uh, or seven milligrams of B12 and then uh, just 25 of, of B6. Today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Please, please yeah. keep going. So, okay. So um, B12, B6, B9, those are important for making the red blood cells small. A lot of people if you're taking all those B vitamins, then if you still have a high MCV or regardless, you should get your B12 checked. You want your B12 to be at least around 800, 900, 1000. But if you're taking B12 and you're below 800, then you're not absorbing it. And then you need to either get a shot or do sublingual under the tongue or both. But you've got to get your B12 up and then potentially that'll get that MCV to come down. Now, so so there are people um, like Dr. Sarah Myhill, and she feels like, especially if you have chronic fatigue and chronic health issues, don't even pay attention to the B12 tests. Just start injecting B12 and see if you feel better. And if you feel better, 
you are B12 deficient, your body's somehow not getting it to you. Do you have any opinion on that? I mean, I don't think she's going to hurt anybody with that advice. It's not how I, you know, roll, but I don't, it's not a bad way to roll. Like you're not going to hurt anybody that way. Right. Like if um, I injected 10 vials, 10 milligrams of B12 every day in my body, am I putting myself at serious risk? Over time, potentially there is, um, potential for some over a long period of time because B12 is stored in the liver, there's a potential to potentially damage your liver. I've never personally seen that happen. I haven't either. But that's what they say. And so, you know, I yeah, have yeah. to say it. You I, would think it, you would think you pee most of it out and you're fine. And, yeah. and it seems like everyone in history of humans has been fine. Yeah. Now I say order the B12 chat test and ignore the range. Yeah. Because if you allow to, to go down into the 200s, then, you know, you're dead. Basically, you already have peripheral neuropathy and you're, you know, way too low. Mm -hmm. You want to be at least, I mean, I don't get upset when people are high on B12. I get upset when they're below 800, you know, mm -hmm. if they're a thousand or a little bit higher, you know, that's great. Wonderful. Yeah. And there's, and there's this ambiguous range where it seems like if someone's taking lozenges and that sort of thing, like they might actually be high, but they still might be symptomatically very low. I don't know. I don't give people lozenges. I do a lot of under the tongue, like drip, like uh, yeah. the liquid, which I guess is the same concept. Usually I think there's just another issue there that hasn't been quite figured out yet. And mm -hmm. like B12 was part of the problem, but now there's another issue that needs to be addressed. That's not B12 to make them feel better. The modern man is devolving and at a rapid pace. Men today have an average IQ that's eight points lower than they were just 20 years ago. Men today are 50% more likely to be depressed compared to just 20 years ago, are 300% more likely to be obese compared to just 60 years ago, have sperm counts that are 62% lower than they were just 50 years ago, and have testosterone levels that are about 50% lower than they were just 20 years ago. But the reality is that it doesn't have to be this way. Your manhood, your strength, your power, your energy, your focus, all of these things are within your control. And you just need to recognize that all over the world, there are people that are curing cancer. There are people that are overcoming heart disease. Diabetes is a choice if you have the right tools at your disposal. But if you are one of the men that does not want to follow this pattern and you want to take control of this stuff, you want to have control over your body and mind, then I encourage you to go to biohackercoaching.com, fill out the short form, grab a time to talk with myself or someone from our team. Everything that we do is 100% guaranteed. If you're not absolutely thrilled with the results that you get, I don't want your money, I'll give it back. If you don't get a return, meaning if you don't make more money as a result of us working together because of greater energy, greater health, greater, greater focus, greater mental clarity, thinking faster, working smarter, getting more done in less time, then I don't want your money. So it's no risk to you. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for being a part of the Biohacking Secrets family. Thank you for supporting this podcast. If you want to level up, go to biohackercoaching.com. Thank you. Another type of anemia that is a big type of anemia is aplastic anemia. And aplastic anemia is basically where you don't make enough stem cells to, you're in your bone marrow, you're not making enough red blood cells or white blood cells um, because 
your bone marrow is just not healthy like it should be. And there's a lot of different causes of aplastic anemia. It can be from toxicity. Um, it can be from autoimmune issues. It's really common for aplastic anemia to happen after pregnancy in women. Um, it can be from, uh, like I said, vaccines. What do you think can that's cause- about? Pregnancy is a really big trigger for autoimmune diseases, period, because your immune system is like going all over the place. It is very common for autoimmune diseases to be triggered during pregnancy, not just aplastic anemia, but pretty much any other autoimmune disease. Plain, plain myself, I'd be super curious if that same thing happened with home births. I don't know. I've never seen that study, but the theory as to why the pregnancy is such a trigger and the and also part of why women tend to have more autoimmune diseases than men mm-hmm. is partly because of our monthly estrogen fluctuations mm-hmm. and just being on that hormonal roller coaster, which when you're pregnant, you're on a huge hormone roller coaster and mm-hmm. hormones can, you know, change your immune system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but also like radiation can damage your bone marrow, causing aplastic anemia that normally goes away after the radiation is over. So, yeah, but, but it, if you're on your cell phone all day, the radiation is never over. Right. And then, you know, eventually that may become like a leukemia, lymphoma or mm-hmm. type of thing, more mm-hmm. leukemia, probably multiple melanoma. So, um, aplastic anemia is another type of anemia that you cannot treat with blood removal because you get low red blood cells. However, you can still become high in iron while being low in the red blood cells with aplastic anemia. And this is another category of iron loading anemia where they cannot have blood removed and they're gonna have to find other ways to lower iron. So what do you do? Is it is it what we talked iron about Iron chelators, yeah, dietary the, the changes. Yeah. The silly mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And that's a problem. Like, I mean, I have a patient dealing with that right now who a plastic anemia developed during pregnancy. She has the hemochromatosis genes. So she's absorbing more iron, but we cannot have blood removal as an option. And she has to, it has to be managed with chelators. I would love to see us start tracking what has been injected into individuals experiencing this stuff. Like if someone was fine until pregnancy. Did they get an epidural? What else did they have injected during pregnancy that could result in iron dysregulation? And I'm saying that because I feel like I'm justifiably skeptical of our system. And I don't think that doctors are bad. I I just think that like a lot of this stuff causes problems that people don't even realize right now. And until Mm -hmm. we start accurately tracking it and saying like, okay, well, there's almost zero autism in the Amish. What's that about? They don't mm. get vaccines. That's a good question. Yeah. Is anyone paying attention they're, to that? They're also not staring at screens all day. They're not staring at screens all day. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. not taking Tylenol. They're not getting mm-hmm. flu shots. No and autism. They're not dying. In fact, they'll probably be the last people alive on earth. <laughs> for sure. Well, Muslims are doing pretty well for themselves too. They're okay. like, we're not paying attention. Yeah. The Muslims get a horrible rap on like mainstream media because you can't shake them. They have faith in God. They care about their family. They care like they treat women well. They protect women. It's the mm-hmm. opposite of America. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. if you're if 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 you're a shithead, <laughs> you want right. to attack the people who are like really, really good. 
You know right. what I mean? Anyway, I don't want to go on a, a, on, a, on a divergent thing, but I want to pose questions where it's like, if, if, if women are all of a sudden getting these unique types of anemia when they get pregnant and most of the births are done in hospitals and injections bypass our body's defense mechanisms. I want to know what these women have been injected with while they, you know, that they attributed to the birth or some of these other things that could have contributed to them having iron dysregulation now. That's actually a really good point. Another thing I would like to add to that list is surgeries, like because, you know, a lot of women get C-sections now Mm, Yeah, and surgeries are triggers for autoimmune diseases too. Mm -hmm. So it could be as much the fact that they had a surgery, which is this huge trauma to the body Mm -hmm. and that that could have been enough to trigger an autoimmune disease. Yeah, You know, these are interesting questions. I don't know that anybody's ever done a study on autoimmune diseases in women that gave a vaginal birth versus a vaginal birth with an epidural versus a C-section. But probably not with this topic. We do know. I mean, I I think obviously I know a lot of my friends have had um, C-sections and these are friends that have known that vaginal births are critical to the development of the child's microbiome. Mm-hmm. right that you actually go through the vaginal canal you get exposed to all these bacteria and different components that mm-hmm. that that then you know are the microbiome of the child but they're like my wife needed a c-section we had to right. do it right so right. i understand those situations but i think like until these things are on our consciousness and on our radar if you look at human history the only expansion has taken that has taken place is when we expand our consciousness and we start paying attention to different things and then start talking to each other more mm-hmm. and yeah and then run some studies and this and that you know right right unfortunately we live in like a very left brain culture where it, if you don't have it in the research then it's like you don't have a fighting chance. And often, even if it's in the research, you still don't have a fighting chance because it's not, you know, quite painting the right picture that the money wants you to paint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, cool. So um, are there more types of other types of anemias? Cover? Yeah. So there's, um, there's lead anemia, anemia from lead toxicity, which, um, you know, is more That's common in in kids, yeah, lead disrupts the iron metabolism and red blood cell formation. And so this is more common in kids. Um, but you know, it's you worth from the knowing. pencils. <laughs> I think that's graphite now, right? Right, yeah. Maybe well, it's it from the lead, lead cables. Point, right? Maybe it's from the lead cables that AT and T put down. I don't know. <laughs> Probably <laughs> from the lead coming from. I don't even know where like uh, a lot of it comes from lead paint. Also, a lot of yeah. bathtubs are lead lined. Okay. And then there's lead and chocolate, but I don't want to. I actually had that. high lead and I was like, where did that come from? Like Do you there's need a lot of the, dark chocolate. In the house I grew up in, there's actually lead somewhere in the house and i also eat pipes. tremendous amounts of, of, of dark chocolate it, it like, could be yeah. the chocolate but it could be the pipes like you know in flint michigan they all got lead poisoning because yeah. they changed their water source mm-hmm. and forever they were getting water from like somewhere that it wasn't a problem and then they changed their water source and that water was like chelating out the lead in the pipes mm-hmm. and that's where all of those kids got lead poisoning from some the lead pipes and then they changed the water source so it could be from the pipes 
Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And guys, just a little shout out. Like if you're enjoying this episode, both Dr. Christie and myself are heavily censored. If you guys want this information, like you resonate with this information, you have to share it. That's the only way it's going to get out there. We're not going to rank number one on Google or, mm-hmm. or, or the top stuff. And like, so if you care about other people, send this to them, friends, family members, coworkers, go to drchristysutton.com, support her, pick up her book, The Iron Curse. And, um, and, and anyway, if you're enjoying this episode, continue enjoying it, you know, but I got to say that periodically because like, I think a lot of times people don't make the connection that like the mainstream stuff that is blown up and put everywhere is there for a reason. And right. they avoid a lot of the topics and, and true points of leverage as it pertains to health mm-hmm. intentionally. Yeah. They, they have to stay around topics. And like, I've been yeah. friends with a lot of the guys that have the best podcasts in the world, best meaning most popular. And if I message them about certain topics, they won't touch it. Yeah. It's, you don't really understand it until you're in the middle of it and you're getting censored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But and it's now, cool. It means you're saying some true shit. It means that you're doing the right thing. If you're not getting censored, <laughs> you're you should doing be the wrong very thing. concerned about what you're talking about because it's probably nonsense. Exactly. <laughs> if you're not being censored, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're just wasting everyone's time. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So okay, let me say one more type of anemia and then we'll, we please. can move on from the anemia. The yeah. last type of anemia is uh, actually mold toxins can cause anemia as well. So no yeah, mycotoxins can cause anemia. I haven't mm-hmm. seen that. That's fascinating. Yeah. And that's the, those are basically the anemias. Oh, copper deficient anemia. Copper deficient anemia can cause iron deficient anemia because if you don't have enough copper, then you're not going to be absorbing um, iron because you need copper to absorb iron. So if you're low in copper, then you cannot absorb as much iron, but you also end up with sometimes iron stuck in like your tissues, like your liver and your brain. Mm -hmm. And then you end up with damage to the liver and the brain because you can't get the iron out of the tissues because you need copper for this um, enzyme ceruloplasm to move iron throughout the tissue, throughout the blood to get it from the tissues back and forth. Okay. I like this. Can we play a game for a second? Yes. All right. So you and I chatted offline and um, I want to bring it online and make it relevant. So wireless electricity that is now everywhere. You know, we had Wi-Fi roll out in the early 2000s. The iPhone came out in 2007. Everything stepped up big in, in 2011, 2012. And it's just increased at an exponential rate. We know that wireless electricity also known as EMF, which just sounds dorky and makes everyone's eyes glaze over, but wireless electricity, essentially, it raises ACTH and it spikes cortisol. So let's talk about spiking cortisol. It spikes cortisol. Cortisol and melatonin are inversely related. When cortisol, the stress hormone goes up, melatonin goes down. So if you're on your phone all the time, if you're around Wi-Fi all the time, if you have a smart meter on your home that's sending a giant ping of radiation two to six times a minute, which is what it does. I've tested this with building biologists all around the country. 
your cortisol is constantly spiking. Your body constantly thinks that you're being attacked by a lion on the Serengeti. It partitions blood flow away from your digestion into your muscles, into your brain, so that you can figure out how to get out of this life-threatening situation. The problem is, for a lot of people, that's happening all the time. And then when you combine that with the subsequent decrease in melatonin, it comes to bedtime, you're not tired. Or you're tired, you're exhausted, but you're unable to fall asleep. Or you fall asleep and you wake up right away. I don't know if any of you guys can resonate with this, but I'm sure there are some listeners who do, right? And then you sleep for a few hours and then you wake up, it's early in the morning, you know you haven't slept enough, but you're not gonna sleep anymore. It's time to get up and then you're gonna drag yourself through the day, right? So that's kind of the consequence of chronically elevated cortisol. Dr. Christie, I'd like you to talk a little bit about the spiking of ACTH and some of the <laughs> pathways that that has on the body and how that relates to what we've been talking about. Well, you know, this is a subject that I'm intimately familiar with because my husband has an ACTH tumor that is causing him to make too much ACTH and that's causing him to secrete too much cortisol. And so I have effectively been living with, you know, uh, somebody that's had high cortisol for a very, very long time now and been able to see the effects of that. So, you know, he's had surgery where they go through the nose and try to remove the tumor. And anyways, it grew back and we're gonna have surgery again and um, hopefully remove the rest of the tumor. And then they have given him a drug to try to decrease the cortisol and that has helped. So it, it's been interesting because Years ago, he was diagnosed with anxiety and the psychiatrist never, you know, tried to uncover why he was having anxiety. It was just, you have anxiety, you know, take Klonopin and come in and let's talk. And so what we have discovered, and even after he was diagnosed with Cushing's high cortisol, the psychiatrist did not think it was connected. No doctor has really said it was connected other than I told him it's from the high cortisol and, you know, because I'm being outnumbered by people with bigger degrees and numbers than me, it wasn't really taken with more than a grain of salt. So, however- Do you care more about your degree or your spirit? Because I think you got a big <laughs> spirit and I see a lot of people with big degrees that yes. got small brains and small spirits. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So, okay. So- my husband was given this medication, um, hysteresis, which um, blocks the conversion, uh, uh, blocks the right, the last step into making cortisol. And um, once he started taking that, it made his anxiety go away, like a Did switch. Did it make him tired? At first, it made him tired because when you have high cortisol, you kind of get addicted to it. Yeah. And so at first it made him tired, but it also made the anxiety go away and he lost some weight. He lost a fair amount of weight. And, you know, good things happening. Um, it's not a cure, but it was like a way to buy time to protect mm -hmm. him from the really high cortisol while waiting to get surgery. What's what's interesting about that drug is that um, they, this is more of like a pharmaceutical uh, little thing I'm going to tell you here. But I, I think sometimes in these situations, look, we all know what big pharma is for the most part. 
I'm not saying all big pharma is bad. I honest, I take one prescription from they're big pharma. They're not all bad. They're not all bad. But, but they did one. charge $50,000 a month for this medication for 50 milligrams. <laughs> there you for, go. You, for, you, for, you, you blew my pitch. Okay. okay. So for, for, <laughs> for, for 50 milligrams. And then they got rid of the 10 milligram pills and they just gave him five milligram because they got rid of the 10 milligram and the next Fuck month it went up to pharma. and the next month it went up to 60 million sixty thousand dollars a month and then the next uh, month after that the same exact dosage no. went up to ninety thousand dollars a month and then the next month which was last month it went up to one hundred and forty thousand dollars a month for this medication that i tried to say i've done i've done 300 episodes i tried to say one nice thing about big pharma <laughs> You know what? It's the, okay. it's, Fuck big pharma. it's the drug cartel, okay? Yeah. All right. Our country is run by the fucking war machine and <laughs> fucking criminals and big pharma. And yes, the sooner that we can all embrace that, hey, I like them. We, but they, get they have the politicians in their bags. So well, here's the reality too. The Most of the people whose pensions and retirement funds they depend on this bullshit. They depend on the criminality. They depend on making up wars to invade countries with poppy fields. And if you gave them the option and said, hey, you could stop all this bullshit. You could stop the child trafficking that is funded by JP Morgan. You could stop the wars that invade countries and take them over and lie to you so that they could get drugs that you guys, you know, that fund your pension funds, but you're going to lose your pension fund. Most people would be like, no, I don't want to. So that's the fucking reality. That's where our consciousness is at. And that's okay. I'm not mad about it, but we need to be real about it. I mean, I'm not okay with it. My And a lot of the same people that they have pensions that they're benefiting from it, they're, it's like, take getting in one hand and giving it in the other they're also paying you know all these extra fees for their health problems and medicare doesn't pay for the care that they need so it's not like a win win situation for most people or even like a win lose situation for most people it's a net loss can you explain that again so if you have a pension where you're getting all this money from Merck or whatever, okay, your pension is invested in Merck and Pfizer and whatever, and you're getting the dividends. Well, do you have the income source, right? Simultaneously, you're also probably have a lot of health problems that are from just living in a world where, you know, regulation for environmental factors and high quality healthcare is lacking. Um, so you're going to have more health problems. Intentionally made difficult. Yeah. So you're going to be, have more health problems. And then simultaneously, you know, your Medicare often more and more doctors are not accepting Medicare because Medicare doesn't pay for services the way that it should pay for them. And so people often get on Medicare and then they still don't get the health care that they think they deserve and need. And um, so I don't think it's like a win situation, even for the pension people, for the most part. Now, if you're like a CEO of one of those companies, then yeah, you're winning. But most of us aren't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. It's like a yes. And I took improv at Second City 
and uh, was horrible at it in level A and then got a little bit better. And that was where like the people that I grew up looking up to, like Chris Farley and Mike Myers and Steve Carell and Tina Fey and all them like trained. But um, I, I think that there's almost like this whole entire economy that we don't even realize is running our economy that is a whole bunch of really dark demonic bullshit yeah that's more what i'm saying i'm not like it's like merck and and you know pfizer's new drug is funding someone's pension i'm like jp morgan chase is linked to child sex trafficking people don't know that well that's why they settled for 200 million dollars hey you know it how do you know that i read the headlines there you go. All right. Smart girl. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee most of the people listening to this don't. You're the first person. But I, I don't, the reason I like, I don't that they settled is because Jamie Dimon was about to go on to trial and testify. And they didn't want Jamie Dimon to have to say something under oath that was going to be bad. Yeah. And so that's and why it's... they settled for $200 million. And it keeps burying the hatchet of Epstein deeper and deeper and deeper. Exactly. And it's way, way way, way, way bigger than any of that even conveys. Mm -hmm. You know and what I mean? And we'll never know because they keep burying it. Right. And I'm only with mentioning Jerry, that because Epstein. like, if, 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 if that's what funds a lot of people's pensions, <laughs> like, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like, right. Oh, okay. Right. So you've got, it's, you, yeah. you've got $5 million for your retirement. And that's how you've planned to go to uh, Naples and, you know, do all the things and have your vacation in, in Verona, Italy and this and that. Okay. Well, we can stop child sex trafficking, but your pension goes away. The fucked up thing is the morality in America right now and the consciousness in America right now is not at a place where enough people would even say yes. I think people would say yes if you connected it and you proved it to them. But unfortunately, those connections are not being made because most people just are so busy with their lives yeah. that, you know, they kind of get a little bit of news from wherever. And it's not really what Tucker, it's what, Tucker, Tucker Carlson. Well, it's it's, it's not really <laughs> the news that um, it's fake news you need to hear. It's like it's what Trump news. said, even though he's fake, too. Right. It's yeah. what it's all manufactured. Like, let's see, like, what do we want you to hear rather than what do you need to know? Because this is a really important story for the world. Totally. I completely agree. And I think I want to I want to just quickly touch on this because I think environment is so important. Um, after seeing like. Like I, I told you, I've been looking at blood work for over 10 years. And then all of a sudden, 2015, 2016, I was like, why is everyone having this weird shit with their iron? I'd never seen it. And I'm like, and it's, it's new and it's happening all the time. And oftentimes I'll look at hundreds of blood labs in a year. And when I had clients that were willing, and I said to them, look, you can obsess about nutrition and exercise and supplements, and it will help a little bit. And I'm like, but if you have Wi-Fi running 24 seven, if you're on your phone all the time and you have no discipline, like a fucking child, if you don't have a smart meter guard, if your computer is transmitting Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, you're either going to kill yourself or you're gonna make yourself sick. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so you need to decide whether you are going to participate in your own extinction or whether you are whether you are going to turn this around and actually live and have the life that you've been dreaming about. Well, and that's one reason that, you know, and, and that can be overwhelming for people to hear because there's so many different things to look at and pay attention to. But that's one thing I like about the iron piece is because it's, you know, a finite set of easy labs to get. And there's something that you can do about it. And while this may not be the only thing that's causing a lot of health problems, too much iron or not enough iron, simply diagnosing that and fixing it, which is very doable, can be a huge step in the right direction as far as freeing up extra energy and healing capacity for your body. So let's take all of this and distill it down to Dr. Christie's action steps for this episode. Watch the Iron Curse and get the Iron Curse book. <laughs> okay, but you got to give them something. Okay, 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 okay. Give okay. them something that they could do right so, here, and then, and then if so, if, the, the like, first step, the first step is you have to know what are you dealing with. So you need to have what are your genes? Do you have the hemochromatosis genes? Where do they get if their you, genes checked? I. tend to use 23andMe. Um, Okay. So that they will check for the hemochromatosis gene. And then I- What gene is that? There's actually three hemochromatosis genes. And 23andMe will tell you if you have a hemochromatosis gene, but they will not tell you specifically what you have as far as all three of them. Now, if you run the um, genetic detoxification report, from the 23andMe raw data that will tell you about all three genes. 23 What, are, what are the three genes? What do they need to look for? Okay, so 23andMe will tell you about the hemochromatosis genes, the, the HFE-C2A2Y and HFE-H6-3D, or maybe it's D3. I have a hard time sometimes getting those backwards. HFE-C2, HFE... HFE-C2A2Y. Okay. And HFE H6D3. Are you doing this by memory? Yeah, but I always mess them up by memory because I don't have a really good... As any normal human would. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Let's let's really put it to the test. What's the third one? (laughs) The third one, I I actually can't remember. It starts with an S and I'm going to look it up for you. Yeah, look it up. That was um... impressive anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. I mean, I've written a book about iron. But um, uh, well, so, I don't know how many times you typed it or typing it doesn't also ingrain it in your brain the same way. I agree. I agree. If you wrote it on a chalkboard a thousand times and still didn't remember it, that'd be yeah. And then I'd be like Bart Simpson. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was actually picturing Bart Simpson when I said that. <laughs> I really was. <laughs> I am so smart. S M R T. I'm trying to open up this document and it's not opening. So give uh, me a second. Take, take your time. Our listeners are My very computer's patient. like, oh, wait. Um, so anyways, while we're waiting, I'll give you some info. So here you look, I'll tell, I'll tell a story or do you have good stuff? You got good stuff? Well, I was going to say got... is first you need to figure out what are the hemochromatosis genes? Yeah, you or, or three. Do, do you have those genes? And the way you find out if you have those genes is you can run a 23andMe report and then download that and create the genetic detoxification report. Okay, so that's step one. Is that easy to do? I don't. Very like, that, easy. It's extremely like easy. It's not hard. It's not hard at all. Okay, so you get 23andMe, but mm-hmm. then how do you do this detoxification part? 
you download, there's directions, but basically you download the raw data from 23andMe and then you upload it to that genetic detoxification and it gives you another report. Okay. This is all within 23andMe? No, no, no. Because 23andMe will not report on everything. It will okay. only report on certain things. So, so like that, that data? you take it, you, you take that raw DNA to genetic detoxification and that'll tell you about all the hemochromatosis genes. It'll tell you about, you know, the MTHFR genes. It'll tell you about a lot of different genes in there. So you have to figure is, out- Is genetic detoxification like a company or what is that? Yeah. It's a report I created. Oh, all right. What's the yeah. website? It, you can get it linked for drchristysutton.com or you can go to genetic detoxification. So, Lady, so, you got to pitch your stuff better. This is, that's you. I know, I'm really huge, bad at it. I'm that's really a bad huge at value it. add. I'm like, where do we do this? You're yeah. like, oh, it's mine. I did this. Yeah, no, I created people need it. need to know that. I Talk created about your the stuff. report. Thank you. I, <laughs> I needed to hear that, I think. And still my my computer's dying on me. So, okay. So once you find out if you have the hemochromatosis genes, that doesn't mean that you are safe because you don't have the genes. And that doesn't mean that you are safe from high iron because you don't have the genes, but it also doesn't mean that you are definitely going to get high iron because you do have a gene, a hemochromatosis gene. And a lot of people believe that if you just have one hemochromatosis gene, then you're safe and you're not going to get hemochromatosis. But that's not true. One None of them know anything. No, they don't. Like I said, 30% <laughs> of the population has one or more of these genes. And a large number of people that have high iron are not being diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And I see this all the time. This is the whole reason I you know, wrote this book and created the Iron Curse because my husband... And he had only one hemochromatosis gene and he didn't get diagnosed as soon as he should have been. And then once I got really savvy about it, I discovered that this was a common problem because then I was really looking for it really closely mm -hmm. in my patients. And I realized this is like a silent epidemic. So find out if you have those genes because you need to know, because even if you don't have high iron, then you have a gene and somebody else in your family could, and you are at a high risk. So first so they, the they get their genes done at 23 and me. Then they take that over to drchristy.com. They do the, the genetic detoxification report, which has all the hemochromatosis genes. It has tons of detox genes and it just has like 300 different genes. Okay, and that good. goes along with my first book, the genetic okay. testing book. And then, so once Next. you've got the genes, then you will, um, you want to make sure you get every single year of your life, a full iron panel, a CBC, um, a comprehensive, comprehensive CBC is complete blood count. Yeah. Yeah. So that's CBC, like the shitty the yeah. blood test that every doctor gets. Yeah. They it's always the do the CBC, the CMP and the mm -hmm. lipids mm -hmm. and maybe nothing else, but they, and sometimes they'll add in like an iron, a serum iron, or maybe they'll add in like a ferritin, but mm -hmm. they rarely do the full iron panel. If you have hemochromatosis with a hemochromatosis gene, you have hereditary hemochromatosis. Okay. Do you believe that is an accurate statement if someone gets hemochromatosis at 20 versus 40 versus 60? Um, Are you going to blame? No, I'm sorry. That was accusatory. <laughs> Are you going to attribute it to genes if someone gets hemochromatosis or is diagnosed with hemochromatosis at 20 versus 40 versus 60? 
So, I mean, there's always an environmental factor. Like it depends on how much red meat you're eating. It depends on, you know, do you have good stomach acid? Are you on acid reducing drugs? It depends on a lot of different things. But the people who develop high iron at an earlier age often almost always have those genes because they're just absorbing more iron faster. The people who develop high iron at a later age um, a lot of those people have the genes, but you're, it's more often for people that are just older and have accumulated a lot of iron to develop high iron that don't have the genes because they're just older and they have been accumulating iron until maybe they get a GI bleed because they're taking too much aspirin and then they'll lose a bunch of blood that way. I think that's possible. My take too, as I told you, like I also, I think EMF is huge here. Mm -hmm. I think it's huge. I think it's probably the biggest overlooked factor. And my take, my conspiracy theory, our audience loves conspiracy theories. Part of why they tune in is just they're like, just give me the next conspiracy theory. Don't don't <laughs> even talk about all this health stuff. Um, I, I think that part of the control grid relies on 5G and yes. having every home with Wi-Fi and every person with a cell phone and uh, and and a smart meter and all of these things right everything needs to be able to be centrally controlled and turned off if you don't comply and this and that and that shit affects metals and minerals in our body plain and simple mm -hmm. and i think if we only not you i think you're doing this already like you and i talked offline and and you're already looking into a lot of these things and implementing them in your life um, I want to share them with our audience too, because I think our homes need to be sanctuaries. Our homes need to be a, a, a place where we are, we are electromagnetic beings. We are light beings. And all of these devices affect the light and the electromagnetism that we emit and the way that that affects every cell in our body. And um, anyway, I, I just think that's important for all of us to take into consideration. And there's, there's, there's a reason that a lot of the people that live out in the country and farm and have their hands and their feet in the fucking soil, they're not dealing with a lot of this shit. And there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of uh, connection for the reason that people that are living on the 30th floor of a high rise in Manhattan and haven't touched soil in, 20 years yeah are out of touch are trying to figure out why their body's all out of balance mm -hmm. you're gonna spin your wheels motherfucker mm -hmm. listen up we're trying to help because we love you <laughs> you know i'm not trying to be annoying <laughs> it's no, like it's, i think it's, it's coming just, from a place of love it's just it's it's not that it's not true i know i believe that it's true it's just so hard to um change something that has become such a necessary part of so many people's lives it's fucking awesome yeah. technology is awesome the phone is awesome it's like magic it is like magic yeah you just have to use it wisely and similarly it's like i watched a care bears movie where one of the guys got carried away with magic and it took him over and he became possessed mm. and his life was controlled by the magic it's you like know? The, the ring and the Lord of the Rings. Exactly. My precious. Hey, 
my my precious. My precious. <laughs> I love my, my phone. Star. I love my phone. <laughs> and it's it's such a fine line between I'm able to use and utilize and leverage my phone versus this motherfucker's controlling me. Yeah. It's flipped. Mm-hmm. And that's consciousness. Yeah. You know, anyway, Dr. Christie, this has been an amazing conversation <laughs> all over the <laughs> Thank place. You. We, uh, I, I, think, it. I, I think it's been beautiful and um, hopefully it's helped a lot of you guys. Guys, if you have gotten value, the, the, the best way that you can show appreciation for Dr. Christie is to buy her book, go to her website. So pick up the Iron Curse, go to Dr. Christie with a C, uh, Sutton.com. And, uh, and support her in every way you can. Dr. Christie, can you, like for anyone that's listening, if they want to follow you, if they want to stay up to date on cool things you're working on, all of that, if they resonate with you, if they want to send you a message, whatever, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, you can find me on Facebook, Christy Sutton, uh, Instagram, Dr. Christy Sutton, uh, TikTok, Dr. Christy Sutton. You can, you know, look at the Iron Curse, um, dot com or drchristysutton.com um those are all great avenues i you know i have my practice in dallas so you can schedule online through that um website and if you're interested in that otherwise um i have my books and just keep trying to put a lot of information out there can you do telemedicine to any state no legally you can't do that okay so they got to reach out to you and not when you to. have a not when you have a license in texas you have to no Okay. That sucks. If I didn't, <laughs> if I didn't have a license, I could, but yeah. That, yeah. All right. Well, Dr. Christie, thank you so much. This has been a fun conversation and uh, it's been very illuminating for me and hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, take care. Thank you. And share this episode if you got value. Let me know if you guys have been experiencing more of any of the following than you used to. Brain fog, difficulty staying focused, fatigue, muscle weakness or changes in balance and coordination, mood fluctuations, apathy or lower motivation, sleep issues, changes in sex drive or function, or increased sensitivity to certain foods, or just more digestive stuff going on in general. Now I ask because these are all warning signs that your brain may be struggling. Any one could be an early indicator of serious things to come, And if ignored or left unchecked, especially if you're experiencing more than one, these could significantly increase your risk of dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, these neurodegenerative diseases uh, that include cognitive decline. The secret to unlocking the full potential of your brain comes down to three simple steps. One, precision diagnostics. This is why in our coaching program, we use the most sophisticated brain and neurocognitive testing on the planet. You then fix the deficiencies, those hormones, neurotransmitters, and nutrients that may be out of balance, and then you clean up the toxins, the stress, and the inflammatory microbes that may be interfering and making the whole process less efficient. I'm going to do two crazy things that I've never done before. I'm offering a 100% money-back guarantee, meaning if you follow the prescribed game plan that you and I create together and don't experience a significant, trackable, measurable improvement in your memory, processing speed, mental clarity, mood, and quality of life, I don't want your money. I want to give you a full refund. But stick with me because I'm going to level it up even more. If your increased energy, brain health, and mental performance doesn't help you earn 
at least as much additional income as you invested in the program, I'm also willing to give you a full refund. I wanted to do this so that you know that you have absolutely nothing to lose, everything to gain. If you want to level up, go to biohackercoaching.com. Thank you.